0: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the J.D.O. Show. I'm your host, J. David Osborne, and today on the show I have one of my best friends in the world, Mr. Rob Volmar. Rob is one of the smartest people that I know. I met him about ten years ago? Time flies. Yeah, I met him about ten years ago when he was the proprietor of a small shop called Atomic Pop. If proprietor means owner, he wasn't the owner, he was the comic book guy. The sales dude the man behind the counter, the dude with all the facts and knowledge. And I was going through a really tough time in my life and Rob was always there to help me. And I feel like we've just kinda always been there for each other, it's a beautiful thing. He is a extremely smart, well-read, thoughtful human being, and so I figured I would have him on the show to come on and talk about the I Ching, which is something that I do not understand. In the future, the JDO show is going to be me kind of, uh, talking to people who maybe aren't always writers. I mean, there's going to be writers and publishers, obviously. Um, and Rob is of course a writer, but the subject matter, I guess, uh, is going to be, uh, moving away from books all the time. So hope you enjoy. Uh, you'll notice at the beginning of this episode, I say thank you for, you know, the bonus episode. This was a Patreon episode, but, uh, the Patreon is no more. It was too much, spreading myself too thin. So now I can focus all my effort on getting uh, this and the Almost Good podcast done. So only two podcasts a week. I think more than that is it's a little much. Um, so yeah. Anyhow, I do hope you enjoy this 123rd episode of the JDO Show with Mr. Rob Volmar. Hey, Rob, thanks for coming on the bonus episode of the JDO Show.
1: I am so happy to be here.
0: Very happy to have you as well. You're one of the smartest people that I know, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about all manner of things. Uh, Would you like to give the listeners a brief introduction uh, of yourself, for those who may not know?
1: Oh, um, okay. Uh, I am a writer and a musician from Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, I have written a number of uh, graphic novels, written about comics and manga as an art form, um, written about film and music, and uh, I've also done considerable studies in uh, Western esoteric Uh, magic, um, and other uh, related philosophical enterprises.
0: Very cool, yeah. And the Western esoteric stuff will be something that I think we get to at a later date. I kind of wanted to uh, start off with something, because the way that I conceived of these as being framed is um, that you and I will each pick a subject each time that we talk, and maybe give... The briefest of histories on it, but then kind of talk about some of the cool stuff involved with it, right? Uh, okay. Apparently, my dog chose now to throw a temper tantrum. So, if you hear anything in the distance,
1: sorry my my that. my toddler uh, could make a similar decision at any moment. So, <laughs> let's just let's just be in community here, and uh, and accept the things that we don't have control over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about was something that I don't have a whole lot of knowledge about. Uh, so I figured this could be a learning experience for me, which is the I Ching. Mm -hmm. Uh, you are familiar with the I Ching and uh, do sort of regular castings, if I'm getting that terminology correct. That is Um, correct. So yeah, so feel no fidelity towards, uh, keeping this conversation on any kind of track. That's not really how... We do things here, okay. um, but I think we would just start off like, "What is what's the I Ching?"
1: Well, uh, the I Ching is a a, a human technology uh, for divination and uh, for um, sort of understanding uh, the fundamental uh, nature of the reality in which we find ourselves participating. Uh, the I Ching is a as a system of divination uh, actually predates um, the written word in China. Uh, it's one of those things um, not dissimilar to agriculture in the West that as writing develops, this thing is already in some form in place. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, it's, it's prehistoric in the uh, kind of classical sense of that word where history is dependent upon uh, people to be writing words about what's happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The I Ching has gone through a number of sort of um, functional iterations, uh, if you will. Um, There are people who um, sort of reverse engineer This whole um, kind of folk magic tradition that was likely connected to the Qing um, prior to its um, appearance in uh, written Chinese culture, Mm -hmm. and then it um, sort of develops in um, tandem with the the rise of political systems uh, in China. It's uh, it's very interesting um, in the sense that you know we. When we talk about you know cultural fidelity and uh, you know being sensitive to, to borrowing other people's um, sort of faith systems, um, it's almost a mis, um it's it's almost a misstatement to say that the I Ching is a Chinese uh, cultural product because the I Ching is actually older than the concept of China. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: So you it's it's better to say that China is a product of uh, the culture of the I Ching. Interesting. And, and has had lots of different roles in that process.
0: Have historians or archeologists, do they have any kind of guess as to the, you know, sort of maybe like a proto I Ching, do you know what the, the earliest uh, semblance of archeological evidence looks like?
1: So I'm not going to throw out historical numbers because, uh, Oh, well, I could, you know, I could pick up a book and like, look right now, but <laughs> right. what, uh, but that's cheating. anybody can do that, just Google that shit. Yeah, uh, true. but we do know that the, uh, the earliest form of the, of the Ching involved, um, taking, uh, turtle shells and throwing them, uh, into a fire. And then you take them out of the fire and examine how they cracked where they cracked, what kind of cracks that they made. And uh, that was the, was kind of the fundament of the, uh, of the divination system, you know, not in like liver plucking uh, that you, that you might've found uh, among the peoples of the, you know, uh, ancient Near East. Um, So, you know, every, every group of people kind of had their own way of sort of just reaching out into nature -hmm. And taking a look to see if that caterpillar is fuzzy to figure out whether or not it's going to be a heavy winter.
0: Dude, I love Uh, I love fuzzy divining, man. That's my (laughs) shit right there, dude. Right. Uh, It's you know Um, just as a passing observation, it is interesting how often turtles kind figure into like early human civilization, whether it's through creation myths or you know the universe being on the back of a turtle. It's just yeah. always kind of interesting to me. I just, I just well, like
1: these little dudes. Turtles are awesome. They're also, you know, one of the few species that actually, like, outlive us by mm-hmm. a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: had that was one of those things that had to be, like, immediately obvious. Like, dude, is it just me? Or has that turtle been <laughs> fucking hanging around here? You know, <laughs> well, my dad knew that turtle, and my dad's dad knew that turtle. And so, uh, you know, and <laughs> just... and they're... They're one, and they're one of the few, like, sort of uh, species operating on the same, you know, basic fundamental plane that we do. That really, you know, outlives us by a lot. That's not a tree. So
0: yeah, um, no, I just I just love the idea of the of. Call me crazy, (laughs) man, but (laughs) I think that turtles.
1: turtle's been around forever (laughs)
0: that's the same fucking turtle dude yeah it's it's the same turtle turtle and then it turns its head it's like dude it is totally is it's
1: yeah you knew who (laughs) i was talking to uh so uh and and from from that point um once it sort of got enter you know intertangled with language uh it took on some more specific um Uh, sort of structural uh, qualities that we identify with the I Ching today, uh, which is, of course, the the hexagrams composed of, um, you know, broken and unbroken lines. And uh, there have been, you know, uh, there have been some sort of fundamental um, reorganizations of that material uh, down through the ages. And, uh, and of course, the I Ching is, you know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like, You know, most philosophies or religious systems that it um, how a particular group of people at a particular time use the I Ching has more to say about those people than it does about the I Ching necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's like very um, sort of like a, you know, a textbook for proper living. And then other times, uh, you know, it's divinatory aspects are played up. And then in other periods, like the divinatory aspects are embarrassing. And so we pretend like, oh, that's not really what it does. It just tells you how to live right, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I find attractive about it uh, as a divination system is that it actually does both of those things. Mm -hmm. It, it, uh, you know, I um, describe myself as sort of having one foot in uh, skepticism and another foot in um sort of the embrace of things that I can't fully explain and so I usually talk about the information that I get from the I Ching as being um commenting on data that I don't have mm-hmm. you know so that that's the point at which I turn to the I Ching for information is when I have a decision to make uh but there's information I don't have
0: so like what is a um, what does a casting look like
1: uh, so, you know, there's, um, you know, there, there are traditionalists and then, you know, you have your chaos magicians who will be like, you know, just open any page at random and mm-hmm. poke it with your finger. And yeah. that's as good as anything else. Um, you know, the traditional, uh, each casting uses, um, yarrow sticks and there's a sorting process by which, um, you count out, um, a, a certain number. And exclude those from the pile, and then by the time you're done, uh, you have um, a certain number of sticks that that says this line should be broken, this line should be solid, this line is changing, this line is not changing. Um, so you, it's for me, you know, I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist about it in the sense that I like um, the kind of meditative um, uh, experience of actually doing the know the long form sorting with the with the arrow sticks and thinking about the problem or the question uh, while I'm doing that Um, there are a number of other systems that um, maintain the uneven probabilities of outcomes that you get with the arrow stick so for example all um, all outcomes are not equally probable Mm -hmm. Um, for example you know, uh, weak lines or broken lines, uh, are just inherently more common, um, than broken ones. I mean, than solid ones. Mm-hmm. And so to get a solid line that's unchanging is a lot less probable than, uh, a solid line that is changing or a broken line that's not changing. And, uh, so <sighs> when you find, you know, sort of, uh, people who are maybe not digging into that level of, of complexity with the I Ching, they're just doing it as kind of like a street fortune telling or something like that. Um, you know, they can use kind of a binary, you know, it's, it's broken. It's right. Unbroken, you know, right, right, right. and not really thinking about the relative probabilities of those things. And, you know, who's to say that their uh, their divinations are any less, um, uh, true. In, well, in that sense. Go ahead.
0: Well, no, I was going to say with any form of divination, though, I really think that the performative aspect of the divination itself is a vital component of the entire act. And, <clears throat> and I think that reading into getting in tune with the sort of ritual of the thing, like you said, you like to sort of think about the problem, and, you know, sort of really get into it. I mean, that's the same thing really with you know geomancy or rune casting or tarot reading right you want to get into that headspace and while the chaos magic angle of you know not playing by the fucking rules can be cool um a certain amount of performativity i would think would be necessary because when you're talking about you know really kind of studying the different uh probabilities and not necessarily turning it too much into a an immediate binary like I think I saw once you could get an I Ching casting on like a website you know right and it's sort of that's very uh late capitalist sort of like just give me the fucking answers man I just want the answers but like when you look at tarot when you pull tarot cards for example you can get the book definition of what a tarot card means and you can say well this is what it means and it's reversed and but the In my opinion, the "quote unquote" better way, at least better for me, is to pull the card and just kind of look at it. You know, what does the drawing mean with relation to Mm -hmm. the question that you asked? You know, so getting really into like the subtleties and just getting into a headspace, I think, where you're more willing to, I don't know, exist with that that tension, that friction, right? Like the discomfort of it not being clear. Maybe, is it? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, my thing is. I've, you know, in my own practice, I really try not to veer into other people's lanes, mm-hmm. and so I know, um, you know, the the only thing that I really place value in, uh, in my practice, are the things that I've done myself, mm-hmm. uh, and so I can I can do a thing, I can measure the utility of a thing, and then I can, you know, improve on the process or improve on you know my readiness or you know, any of those things. And like, I, I have, uh, thoughts and feelings about why things work the way they do and why they work for me the way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, you know, um, the, like the I Ching, for example, you know, is, is, is essentially a text, uh, that tells you about each hexagram mm-hmm. and it has been translated uh you know a number of times different translations you know from the chinese to to english and and every translation has a different um has a a different set of aims some of them are trying to be you know as faithful to the original text as they can be and some of them are are trying to put it uh in a in a particularly useful, you know, the the new Age I Ching, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the uh, the H R Giger I Ching, and you know right. what, uh, and so um, there's a there's kind of a subtler art to reading a hexagram. It's exactly like what you said about the tarot, and one of the things that I find so compelling about that kind of visually oriented way of thinking about the about the hexagrams. Is that with the tarot, you are still uh, constrained by the imagination of whoever put that deck together. Mm. So you know the the Rider Waite gives you uh, sort of one set of outcomes, and you know maybe the Crowley Toth deck gives you a different set of you know looks at that at that idea. But there's a there's a kind of a platonic um, fundament that's sitting behind that image and in a way the hexagrams I feel like gives me a clearer picture of what that is just by the relationship of the broken lines uh, to the strong lines uh, what position that they're sitting in how are they relating to each other that is a whole it's kind of um, conceptual conversation that happens without me having to verbalize specificities about the situation that I'm in, you know, it's like I can really see the interplay of, for lack of a better term, you know, of the interplay of the energies. And um, another thing that I, I really um, sort of uh, appreciate about the I Ching is that in the tarot, I feel like that those um, experiences are really all about the person asking the question. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, your position in that thing, in that question is always sort of a universe of which you're the center. And here is, you know, the situation around you. And uh, the I Ching is is different in the sense that it's it's more of taking the temperature of time space. And then you figure out where you are. In that environment. So it's really more about like taking a measure of the environment that you find yourself in than it is sort of taking your own temperature and then looking out the window to see, oh, there's stuff going on out
0: there. I do. I see what you mean. Maybe I would quibble, though, with the idea of environment Uh, because an environment does include you in it, right?
1: Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily. Um, it doesn't preclude you being at the center of it.
0: Oh, I see. So uh, just the positioning of everything. So yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, um, and and there's something about that that I find um, appealing uh, because I do, I don't feel like I'm at the center of reality <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, most of the, most of the time, and so um, it really invites you to like not only think about like if you look to confucian commentaries on a particular hexagram that you're working with like confucius is like this is how you as the individual can um participate in this particular moment uh in the best way Mm -hmm. but that's not what the hexagram is about the hexagram is not about you the hexagram is about the world and the better understanding that we get of the world the better we understand ourselves
0: interesting hmm so what's a particular thing that you would do a casting for
1: so the um you know the general guidance that's given is it just needs to be something that matters to you um you know uh i you know i probably uh from a casting standpoint kind of try to keep my powder dry mm. and save it for when i <laughs> saver when i really need uh, when i really need some guidance uh, and i and there's information i don't have that's kind of my threshold like not like i could be like should i go see this movie well you know if you measure interest in going to the movie by how much money i would have to spend in order to go see that movie you know it matters to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: but but you know what is unknown about that, you know, if, if you're like, you know, if you're so concerned about uh, going to the movies, like you might get in a car crash or something like uh, that would be a situation where I think that like, you may be a little overly reliant um, on on vining to know what the right thing to do is. But,
0: um, right. you know, kind any, of, any said... kind of just it, it makes you think that that could be just an, an impossible, obsessive, compulsive yeah. That you could get yourself into where you know should I go to the grocery store yeah sure you know why not go, go to the grocery store it's like okay uh should I take should I take my car and it's right. on the one yeah. hand you want to say well it is free I mean it's not costing right. you anything to cast sure but at the same time it's just like anything else I guess you can get too uh dependent on it like a GPS system To the the point where, like, all of a sudden now you're using GPS to navigate the different rooms in your house, you know? Right.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, the thing about the I Ching is that it's interesting. Like, it's it's one of those things that once you start studying it, like, you can want to spend a lot of time thinking about it. And some people uh, use that as, like, a, you know, a, a springboard to do a casting about everything. And again... I'm not trying to live anybody's life but my own. So if that's if that feels um, if that feels uh, productive to them, more power to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my own practice, I find that funneling that um, interest or uh, desire to spend time uh, in the chain can be much better attended to uh, by actually studying the chain, not, not doing castings, but making yourself more familiar with each of the, each of the hexagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody says, well, what, what does a, you know, what does a practice with the I Ching look like? Yeah. So um, you could take any hexagram, um, pull out one of my translations. I have. You can pull out any hexagram. Uh, I turned, to hexagram 39 uh jen um and it uh you read hexagrams from the bottom up okay. so starting from the bottom it's uh broken broken solid broken solid broken uh you can read the text uh as it's presented in the I Ching i'm actually reading from uh Swami Ananda's Nisarg's The Magician's I Ching, mm-hmm. which is um, sort of specifically oriented to uh, Westerners who have um, maybe a, more than a passing interest in uh, the tarot or the the Golden Dawn, you know, any of that Western esoteric stuff. Okay. Um, he calls this uh, hexagram trouble. Uh, there's an image associated it with it, which is a moon rising over a mountain with treacherous terrain, and you know there's a description of the of the line. Uh, he includes a, kind of a paraphrase of a, a Confucian commentary that says uh, the superior individual relies on their own cultivation of virtue by bringing about revolution within themselves. There's some other commentary, and then there's. Uh, a piece of text that's associated with each line. So uh, first of all, that's a lot, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's more than a day's worth of study uh, Mm -hmm. as far as as I'm concerned. And then that's, you can also do like a visual analysis of that. Um, Each hexagram uh, can be broken into two uh, trigrams. The bottom one represents kind of like the, the physical, and the top one sort of represents the spiritual, and so um, the lines also have kind of a natural, uh, harmonious arrangement to them, where odd lines uh, are better when they're solid, and okay. even lines are better when they're broken. There's no test over this. I'm just sort of, I'm not, I'm not going to quiz you when we get to the yeah. end. Now, which oh, one's God. broken? Oh thank God. Uh, so you can, so you can look at the, the hexagram right away, uh, in terms of the two trigrams, uh, that it represents, um, uh, earth on the bottom and, uh, the moon, uh, on top. And then I can also look to see, okay, well, he- lines one, three and five, two of them are solid. One of them is broken and the lines two, four, and six, uh, are all broken. Like they're most harmoniously arranged. So. You know that that tells you things uh, about the uh, degree of harmony or disharmony uh, that is in this hexagram and where is it located. That's before I've read anything in the actual commentary mm-hmm. uh, about the hexagram. And so, you know, just sort of going through that process with a hexagram and looking at all of the the text associated with it and some. Um, translations will have like extensive uh, commentaries added telling you what era this commentary was you know was included into the text and sometimes how that reflects on the particular period, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And then kind of a secondary work that I do with the hexagram is I go through and I just start changing each line. Mm. And I look to see what hexagram does that turn into. Mm. When I take the first line, which is currently broken, and make it solid. Hmm. Um, and so by connecting those two hexagrams together, you know you can kind of tell a story about how you transition from this place into this other place. I like that. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's something that, that appears in castings uh, where you have lines that are changing. Because one of the things you have to do is look at which lines are changing. Uh, that kind of tells you where you are um, in this particular time event. Mm-hmm. And then you can also see what is it changing into. And then with the Confucian commentaries, how can I maximize my agency in this transition?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, sometimes, and sometimes the answer is uh, put your head down.
0: That's what this one's looking like, right? It's saying basically, hey, shit's about to get real hairy. So uh, just focus on you, cultivate your garden, and yeah, keep your fucking head down.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that about the I Ching because like I would say 75% of its advice is either do something or don't do anything. Like, And if you're going to do something, it's always do it properly, you know. Mm-hmm. uh right, right pushing brings gain as a is sort of a phrase that comes up over and over but sometimes yeah for real it's like don't do anything like don't do anything yeah, yeah, and uh and to me you know that's a that's encouraging because i think and and again and you know a lot of other divination systems we we think of ourselves as being these sort of uh you know uh, forces of nature unto ourselves that we're uh-huh. going to you know, use our will to, you know, crush the universe and make it do what we want. And, uh, man, sometimes you need to, like, acknowledge that the universe is bigger than you are. Yeah. And uh, if it's like, no, the universe really thinks this thing is a good idea, like, you should respect that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. There's, there's, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say that that has really benefited me uh, when it comes to, offering my unsolicited opinion on things. Um, (laughs) It's just one of those lessons that took me to age 32 to learn where I'll see something usually online and I'll think to myself, wow, look at this huge, let's say storm of commentary about this thing. And, and I think that it's wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so what, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to use, the 280 characters afforded to me by twitter and god to to dismantle this thing and it's just like you know what all nobody's trying to hear what you have to say right now so mm-hmm. speaking at all is just a bad idea like yeah. shutting the fuck up is free it's compl- yeah. it doesn't cost you a thing normally
1: yeah and it's you know it'd be valuable in a moment like that to like what is it about the situation that makes me feel like i need to weigh in on it yeah. Like, what yeah, is it? Right. It's not, it's, it's not about the situation. It's not about the people who are having the conversations. Like, why do I feel the, ne- the necessity to barge in? Mm. And, you know, with, with no more information really than anybody else, you know, just strongly held opinions.
0: Right. right. It's like,
1: well, that's, that's not going to change anything.
0: And the I Ching would maybe, you know, when you do a casting like this, let's say you get hexagram 39, the I Ching would be like, look, instead of. Instead of, do you think it would point you towards, well, I guess it would because it would specifically point you towards introspection, right? It'd be right. like, Hey, th- just examine why you give a shit so much,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I admire about the, about the Ching is, as I mentioned before that, you know, it, it always, um, points toward, uh, the intrinsic value of virtue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, virtue of discipline virtue of valuing truth uh the virtue of seeking wisdom and the value of sort of building uh union or, or harmony with other people and so you know it's it's never um i you know in that sense I've, i misspoke it's never do nothing mm-hmm. it's the work that needs to be done is in you not out there mm-hmm. like so right now there are other things doing work out there and what you need to be focused on is doing the work, you know, in in yourself um, so that when the moment comes for action, that you will be sort of properly oriented to uh, give just the right amount uh, at just the right time to accomplish just the right thing.
0: And so if we uh, go back to David's silly online uh, Twitter obsession um the idea of maybe not talking about the one thing and going back and you know maybe becoming really really knowledgeable in another area where you can right. you know be something approaching someone who's worth listening to um then when the moment arrives where somebody's talking about that you can say oh I'll say this and people won't just think oh there goes the D- contrarian ass David again just saying mm-hmm. stuff um I don't know why I keep. I actually don't have that much of a problem with Twitter. It's just (laughs) where my brain is going right now for some reason. No, I
1: got it. Uh, Well, and I think that you know, social media in that sense is is merely reflective of um, you know a a broader impulse that we have, and and maybe it's a specifically kind of Western problem where you know in in Western magic, especially like the. you know, it's, a, it's very much a uh, kind of a religion of the romantic with the, uh, you know, the individual and your agency and your will and how, you know, important it is to, to you know, to enforce these things on your reality in order to shape it, mm-hmm. you know, the way that's all very like, I mean, I'm not trying to pick any fights, but that's all very colonial hmm. thinking. Uh, whereas if we recognize that like, there is, there is a world of which we are a part Mm -hmm. and we have a role to play in things and understanding the scope of that role, uh, is really important. I don't want, uh, the trees in my backyard to get involved, uh, with paying my bills.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, like, I don't want them logging into my bank account. <laughs> like, they, the trees have important stuff to do. Right. And I, and, and, uh, or I think it, uh, you know, the kind of classic phrase is like, you know, never try to force a cat to do something um, because A, it won't, and B, it'll just upset you. Um,
0: <laughs> so I thought about uh, that while I was in the parking lot of the grocery store today. And this guy just drives his car like right in front of me. And I, you know, I slam on my brakes and I felt the rage beginning, right? Mm -hmm. I felt the walling up of the rage. And then, and then I had that exact thought. I just sat there for a second, you know, got it all under control and it would have felt really good to get mad, but to, to what end? I'm the only one who would end up mad. That asshole doesn't care. He's probably well, I'll speculate here. Let's just say he's just like <laughs> he's just laughing about it like he's he's like, look at that guy. he had to slam on his brakes. Like me being mad doesn't affect anything. In fact, since I've moved yeah. to El Paso, a lot of my friends here, uh, one thing that they do is uh if you get mad, you you lose, basically right so oh bro yeah, they, yeah, they have this kind of thing where. You know, like my coworkers, for example, if I walk around a corner and one of them jumps out and scares me, which has been done several times, apparently it's just always funny, I don't know. Um, But when it's done, if you show any sign of being irritated by it, then the mockery will continue twice as long because look at how mad he is, look at how mad. And uh, it's taught me a lesson here where it's like getting mad really Nobody. Well, because think about it from the outside too. I can't remember the last time I've seen somebody get really pissed off about something and been like, "Wow, I need to respect that guy." You know, yeah. You, just, you never look good. You turn red, spittle's flying out of your mouth. You're incoherent. You're screaming. It's just, it's not a good look.
1: Yeah, and it, man, it feels so magic when it's happening too. Like, oh, now I'm so I'm gonna I'm about to solve some shit. Like, look out. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's just never attractive. Um, yeah. and, you know, tying up with what we've, what we've said, um, that it, it, it's more indicative of the fact that you've given yourself permission to get angry X number of times today. And, you know, thank goodness that that son of a bitch cut you off in the parking lot. Cause mm. you really do like, I hadn't, I hadn't been, righteously angry about anything for 45 minutes. Like, thank you so much for <laughs> providing that opportunity for me to just, it's, I mean, I know it's, it sounds ridiculous, but like when you, you know, when I'm thinking about the virtues of the Qing, like the, you know, being in harmony uh, with the people, you know, in your environment, like on one level, you know, all of these little, you know, all this road rage that we have, you know, we're all merely, you know basically expressing the algorithms that the people who planned the traffic like they could have told you 26 times a day uh, this thing is going to happen and it just happens to be you that day so you're you know you're 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 really in the in the in the circuit of something that's much bigger than you but you know we take it we take it so personal and uh, and it's not like it, it's just traffic. It's I started just talking hard. about
0: traffic specifically. You know, when you just hit every red light. Um, right. I used to think of that in a way in which I would take it personally, where I'd be like, you know what, fuck these red lights, man. This is just this isn't cool, and I would yeah, almost they're, would almost they're pre- against me. Yeah, it would it would be like that's when my animism really pops out, right? Where I'm like, these nice. stoplights definitely have spirits, and they are interested. in in messing my day up but now I just I have a little phrase that I invented I just call it I just say I'm stuck in the mud whenever I get I'm just like oh stuck in the mud because you know sometimes it feels like you just you just left the house about 10 seconds late and because you left 10 seconds late you just got caught in that circuit where you're hitting yep all the yeah. yellows you know where it's not even the reds it's you you hit the fresh reds every fresh right. red but you're just stuck like, in oh,
1: the mud. I, stop. Yeah. I was reminded of a uh, of a spoon lyric uh, from one of my favorite spoon songs, Everything Hits at Once. There's uh, a little couplet that goes, In traffic, we become on the way back home part of something bigger than just on our own. Interesting. So yeah. that's all.
0: I wonder if that's the closest most Americans get to feeling like they're part of a big thing. Maybe that's, You uh,
1: know... And we love our cars, you know, and, and it's, I've, I've had this conversation with people about self-driving cars and like, oh, I just, you know, I couldn't imagine. I was like, hey, we have had more than 100 years to get good at driving. And guess what? No one is. No one has gotten good at that at all. We're terrible at it. We're always going to be terrible at it. And you're never going to convince me that a computer is going to do a worse job. Than, than we are because I can I can barely like keep my eyes on the road and my hands on the wheel mm-hmm. for more than ten seconds in a row before I'm you know thinking about something else or doing something else and it's like just oh, sure. let it go just let it go yeah
0: like, when it's like in a if, robot car killed one person and people are like see and I'm like oh right yeah as opposed to the zero people killed by people driven cars <laughs> right
1: yeah. I had this theory that, uh, you know, how squirrels are always jumping out in front of cars. Uh I have this, I have this theory that like, they're just worried about us because they see us, they see us get in these cars and then we just don't come home. And they're like, they're like, they're like, Hey, that's dangerous. You know,
0: (laughs) and they're trying to let us screaming inside of it. They're like, Oh my God, he's trapped. (laughs) It's
1: got him. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, the, the squirrels are, uh, they're trying to help us out, but we're not listening.
0: Right on, right on. Well, sir, that's the time right there. Woot! Thank you so Thank much you. for uh, for coming on. I'm definitely going to make this a a main JDO episode too. This is so much fun. This is exactly what I want to do with the podcast. So I'm just very, very grateful for your time, sir.
1: Man, I had a great time talking with you on
0: on the recorder, off the recorder. So thanks for thinking of me. Killer.